Welcome to Creative Biolabs. We provide reliable oncolytic virus therapy development services for clients globally. Our service covers all aspects from virus engineering, cell biology, to animal testing. We have archived professional academic reports and the latest scientific progress on oncolytic virus therapy by making it into a podcast column. You can subscribe us to follow the latest updates on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As we all know, there are many ways to treat cancer today. And which treatment to choose usually depends on two factors, the type of cancer and the stage of cancer. Surgery is the process by which a surgeon physically removes cancer and nearby tissue from a patient's body. And radiotherapy uses a high dose of radiation to kill cancer cells and reduce tumor size. Chemotherapy uses drugs to kill cancer cells. Immunotherapies treat cancer by assisting a patient's own immune system. For our episode today, we invited Jensen. He's an expert in the area of cancer treatment. Welcome Jensen to our program. Jensen and his team are committed to improving patient survival rates using immunotherapy. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for your invitation. I'm glad to share with you all everything about immunotherapy. I believe this is the greatest discovery ever in the history of fighting cancers. Immunotherapy has shown great potential as a targeted method to treat cancer. As the name suggests, it does so by using the body's own immune system. It can promote the response of the immune system to cancer cells, and there are a variety of cancer immunotherapies to choose from. You and your team are finding the best oncolytic virus and related treatment strategies. Can you tell me something about that? Oncolytic virus is a kind of tumor-killing virus with replication ability. Through the genetic modification of some weak virulent viruses in nature, a special oncolytic virus can be made. The inactivation or defect of tumor suppressor genes in target cells makes it possible for the oncolytic virus to selectively infect tumor cells, replicate in them and destroy them. At the same time, these processes can stimulate the immune response and attract more immune cells to continue to kill the residual cancer cells. In recent decades, using oncolytic viruses to treat cancers has attracted a great deal of attention, and related research has made great progress. What kind of virus can be used as oncolytic viruses? Newcastle disease virus, herpes simplex virus, 1, reovirus, and oncolytic adenovirus have been transformed into oncolytic viruses due to their oncolytic characteristics. They specifically recognize and infect tumor cells, eventually leading to cell swelling and destruction of tumor cells. The good thing is that they can't replicate in normal cells and cannot kill normal cells. So theoretically, the chosen ones have a higher anti-tumor effect and lower side effects. Tell us about the virus that you and your team are working on. We are now mainly committed to the development of the Newcastle disease virus for intratumoral immune regulation. The Newcastle disease virus is a species of neuroparamyxovirus closely related to measles virus and canine distemper virus, which causes inflammatory demyelination in humans and dogs respectively. It belongs to avian paramyxoviruses and zoonosis viruses, which naturally infect all birds. 
it consists of a negative sense, single-stranded RNA genome that is non-segmented. So the Newcastle disease virus belongs to the RNA virus family. What proteins can this virus express? And you know that viruses are classified. So I'm wondering about the classification of this particular virus that you are working on. It can encode six proteins, including nucleoprotein, phosphoprotein, matrix protein, fusion protein, hemagglutinin neuraminidase and large polymerase protein. And regarding its classification. Yes, the Newcastle disease virus is also classified, according to the different virulence and pathogenicity to birds. Newcastle disease virus isolates can be divided into velogenic, mesogenic and lentogenic strains. These strains have high virulence, intermediate virulence, and non-virulence respectively. The virulence of the Newcastle disease virus is related to the cleavage site of the fusion protein. Generally, non-virulent viruses are used as tools. What kind of tools? Can you give us a specific example? For example, Lesota is a naturally occurring lentogenic Newcastle disease virus strain, which is commonly used as a live attenuated vaccine in the poultry industry, and has been proved to be an effective and safe vaccine carrier in many studies. Since Newcastle disease virus was originally used as a vaccine for poultry, how did it end up in the field of oncolytic virus? In addition to being an important avian pathogen, it has been explored as a candidate for cytolytic immunotherapy since 1955. In the 1960s, several laboratories including Sinkovics and Castle carried out pioneering preclinical works, trying to use Newcastle disease virus as an anti-tumor drug. In 1965, Castle and Garrett observed the development of anti-tumor immunity after oncolytic therapy with this virus. And you know, Many more studies follow after that. Gradually, it was developed as an adjuvant immunotherapy vaccine. Some creative scientists then have used it for the postoperative management of patients with malignant melanoma. They have conducted two phase two clinical studies that involve 32 and 51 patients with stage two malignant melanoma. And we all know that melanoma is a highly malignant tumor derived from melanocytes which mostly occurs in the skin. Malignant melanoma may develop from congenital or acquired benign melanocytic nevus, or from dysplastic nevus. Compared with other solid tumors, the age of death is lower. Did the patients they tested show any signs of improvement later? Their 10-year and 15-year follow-up of these patients showed that more than 60% and 55% of them survived without recurrence, respectively which had a significant advantage over previous studies. In addition to melanoma, can other tumors also be treated using the modified Newcastle disease virus? Yes. I remember that was another phase 2 study involved 208 patients with locally advanced renal cell carcinoma. They used Newcastle disease virus 73T strain combined with low-dose recombinant interleukin-2 and interferon-alpha. The results showed that the disease-free survival was improved. In addition, other strains, such as chronic Newcastle disease virus HUJ strain, soluble Newcastle disease virus PV701, and ATV Newcastle disease virus, 
have been studied in polymorphous glioblastoma and other advanced cancer patients. Decades of research has proved that the Newcastle disease virus has natural and selective oncolytic ability in different mammalian cancer cell lines, animal tumor models and clinical trials. Sounds very impressive. Surely these achievements are inseparable from the efforts of numerous scientific researchers. What measures can be taken to make the common Newcastle disease virus become a special virus with oncolytic function? The most important thing is to establish the reverse genetic system of this virus. This step enables the development of genetically modified recombinant Newcastle disease virus with improved oncolytic cell and immune-stimulating properties. Any other steps your team has taken to improve the recombinant oncolytic Newcastle disease virus? So far, we have tried several strategies, such as the introduction of a polybasic cleavage site in the F protein of a lentigenic Hitchner B1 Newcastle disease virus strain, engineering of viruses to express IFN gamma, granulocyte macrophage colony stimulating factor, interleukin 2, or TNF alpha, as well as the generation of viruses which possess both modifications. So, how does the modified Newcastle disease virus regulate tumor immunity? I recently saw some relevant preclinical studies using the bilateral syngeneic melanoma model and bladder cancer model. Intratumoral injection of Newcastle disease virus and systemic delivery of immune checkpoint blocking antibodies targeting cytotoxic T lymphocyte antigen 4 and PD 1 were shown to effectively activate innate and adaptive immune pathways and an in vitro immune response was induced. How should we characterize this effect? This abscopal effect was characterized by an enhanced immune infiltration into distant non-treated tumors. In addition, the transfer of recombinant Newcastle disease virus expressing inducible T-cell co-stimulator ligand can further enhance the effector function of T-cells in the tumor microenvironment through related co-stimulatory pathways. Inducible T-cell co-stimulator ligand is a single-pass type I-membrane protein. And as someone who's also working in the same field, on the same virus, in your opinion, what do you think these studies show us? I think they suggest that stimulation of adaptive immune response in the tumor may induce a stronger systemic anti-tumor immune response. And it may have a superior anti-tumor effect, not only for injection tumor, but also for distal tumor. Although these strategies provide the possibility of intratumoral injection of immunostimulatory ligands, large-scale injection may increase the possibility of systemic toxicity. Could you enhance the effect of immune stimulation? And how can we construct such a recombinant Newcastle disease virus with the enhanced effect? Yes. We have developed a method to produce recombinant Newcastle disease virus with enhanced immune stimulation effect. We used Newcastle disease virus expressing CD137 ligand, a ligand binding to the CD137 receptor, to provide a costimulatory function for cytotoxic T cells and NK cells through signal transduction, which has been explored as an anti-cancer therapy using agonist antibody. And CD137 is a member of the tumor necrosis factor receptor superfamily. It is mainly expressed in activated T cells and is a costimulatory molecule for T cells. Its ligand is CD137. 
The combination of CD137 can stimulate the activation and proliferation of T cells and B cells. What are the advantages or disadvantages of this method? We know that a phase I study with 83 patients with advanced malignancies was conducted to evaluate an agonist antibody against CD137. Evidence of clinical activity was seen over a wide dose range, but sadly, the trial was suspended due to hepatotoxicity at higher doses. It is possible that CD137 ligand-expressing Newcastle disease virus may provide the initial co-stimulation signal needed for T-cell activation and avoid systemic toxicity. All right, we will stop here for today's episode. Thanks, Jensen, for your insightful introduction on the Newcastle disease virus and its use in oncolytic virotherapy. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We will continue our discussion next time.